0: to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here as per usual with my darling co-host, Dustin Jackson.
1: How's it going? You know what, Mitchell? You're not looking at Dustin Jackson. You're talking to new Dustin Jackson. Ooh, okay. What, what are the new
0: features? What, what what can I expect? What's what's interesting and, and innovative?
1: Uh, I'm the same, but I raise my eyebrow more.
0: Okay. I, I can dig that, because I, I'll... I'll to get a little sappy, I liked Dustin Jackson. Old.
1: Yeah, he was pretty good, but uh, now you're stuck with me.
0: Yeah, I wanted more range out of the eyebrows. I, I will say
1: that. <laughs> yeah, it is an upgrade.
0: Yeah, if there was a complaint I was going to lodge, that would probably be in the top five. So
1: Yeah, now I'm perfect. <laughs> yeah,
0: no problems whatsoever. <laughs> Today, in our quest to play through every Telltale video game released... While they were uh, an active video game releasing company, we've done exactly not that.
1: <laughs> yeah, better uh, luck next time.
0: Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it, it's been uh, when this game came out, which is New Tales from the Borderlands, uh, produced and, and developed and everything by Gearbox. When this game came out, I was just in the mindset of like, oh, sure, we have to, we have to cover it. You know it's it's the it's not only like a sequel to a telltale game in the way that return to Monkey Island is the sequel to tales from monkey Island mm-hmm. it's also the same like choose your own adventure narrative adventure adventure game style as telltale it's also in five episodes it also has a bunch of uh staff members although I have only heard that and have been unable to confirm specific names but I'll I'll take their word for it um from telltale so that's you know that that stuff's all cool uh it, of course we have to cover it but now that we're doing it I'm just thinking oh man we've got like 50 60 more games to do <laughs> and and we're we're uh, we're, we're doing delaying this one. that by 5 weeks by doing this
1: yeah Well, you know, this can be a little uh, holiday gift for our listeners.
0: I think that's what they want.
1: (laughs) And if it's not, well, it's what you're getting.
0: So, New Tales from the Borderlands. Today we're going to be covering just the first of the five episodes in the package. This is an episodic game with clear uh, breakdowns between the episodes, just like the Telltale games, but... It was all released at once as one, um, triple A retail package. Right. Very similar to Jurassic Park. Did the same thing.
1: Ooh. Uh, It, it hurts when you compare anything to Jurassic Park, but I get what you mean. It is, it
0: is similar in the way the episodes are (laughs) to Jurassic Park (laughs) and not many other things. Uh. Episode one is called Startup. We'll be talking about that today. It, along with the entire package, was released on October 21st, 2022. Isn't it weird to have a release date that's like, oh, that's less than two months ago?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was it the same for Return to Monkey Island? I feel like we did that one not too long after it came out.
0: Oh yeah, I we did that less than one month after oh, it came out.
1: Oh, perfect. Then I guess two uh, months isn't that weird. Yeah,
0: but with that one, it, it felt like okay, this is a very
1: a very special occasion. A, a very one special
0: shot. like d- divorcing from the regular patter of the show, the regular schedule. This is like more telltale games. It, it yeah. just feels like oh, we're still doing it. We're we're still. Uh, they they really did their darndest to make it feel like an additional telltale game that could have been the sequel details from the Borderlands yeah if they did one of those at the time
1: it's very uh it it was interesting going in and just having it play exactly the same like I I figured that's how it would be but just seeing it seeing someone else do exactly the the later narrative telltale formula mm-hmm. it's weird it's it's a little weird because I don't think I don't think anyone else has done it. <laughs> Like, exactly Uh, like this.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely has happened to some degree in the indie space. Mm -hmm. Um, Not like exactly, though. Most people are are tweaking it in in one way or uh, another. One game that comes to mind as taking a lot of inspiration from the Telltale formula is Life is Strange.
1: Oh, yeah. I've never played Uh, Life is Strange. I have a friend who's really into it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I,
0: I haven't either, and uh, I, I know that it has a lot of the respond to thing other person said with one of three options or silence. Right. Like, it has that in it, but also it has, like, superpowers. You play around with superpowers in, in a more gamey kind of way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, so it, it's not taking the exact Telltale formula. Although, I do think that Telltale themselves don't always take the exact formula. Right. Uh, there was a lot of stuff. Like even in old Tales from the Borderlands, the, the the fact that you were accumulating money each episode felt kinda different and, and weird. Although it didn't do that much, it, it still was it, something to make yeah. it feel a little more Borderlandsy than it did telltale.
1: Yeah, it was nice. I liked so, getting money.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> liked <laughs> getting money. I also like getting money. Um So with this With Return to Monkey Island with uh, Sam and Max, this time it's virtual, which I know both of us have not yet played, but we have some knowledge about it, Uh, and the upcoming The Expanse, the Telltale game series, and The Wolf Among Us 2, we are looking at a lot of follow-ups to Telltale's Legacy, Uh, more so than, frankly, I would have assumed would happen (laughs) when we started this podcast, (laughs) Uh, which is good news. In general, it's hard news for the podcast in production, but it's a good thing yeah in general exactly uh that said, they are very spread out they're they're very diversely uh spread out and owned and developed they're They're all different teams. There's some collaboration maybe, but uh the people have landed where they've landed. How do you feel about gearbox owning a, a, a part of this legacy?
1: Um, it's hard to really say, because I feel like, I I don't think I am, uh, it's an uncommon opinion, uh, at least amongst the two of us here, to say that the first Tales from the Borderlands felt more telltale than Gearbox, and I feel the opposite about this one.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, well, I, I will say that the first Tales from the Borderlands, um, did still feel pretty Borderlandsy. It It's not, yeah. not there, you know? It, it, uh, yeah. The, the epic adventure storyline that uh, maybe is similar to the kind of epic adventure storyline you'd see in a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie that it is done in Borderlands and not typically done in other Telltale games was there in tell, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, and you you're right, I think it just like straddled the telltale side of it, yeah, exactly a little more mm-hmm. uh, and then this one straddles the other side
2: of it
1: yeah i uh i I will say I think they did an okay job at making it still feel like its own thing, like mm-hmm. just being this gameplay style helps it still stand apart from uh the Borderlands series in general, uh. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe I just pulled that out of my ass. I haven't played the Borderlands <laughs> games.
0: <laughs> oh, well, well you know, I'll tell you something I did this week. Uh, what the? Is I, I was inspired by Adam, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to our finale on Tales from the Borderlands, uh, you probably should before listening to any of our new Tales from the Borderlands episodes. But we had Adam on, Dustin's roommate, and he actually had some <laughs> some information on uh, the Borderlands series, which was more than either of us combined. uh and and he was talking about borderlands 3 a little bit and uh well frankly he didn't have very positive reviews of it but the things he was saying about it did make me curious so i looked up some some uh some clips and some screenshots i watched some playthrough of borderlands 3 just to have a little more uh context not not a lot not the whole game but uh i saw like i saw reese in there Ooh, our boy reese and uh I I am impressed with how Borderlands 3 looks and feels very different from Tales from the Borderlands, and New Tales from the Borderlands looks and feels very different from Borderlands 3. It's not like they're kind of just building off 3 for the, the aesthetic and tone of this as well, although there's mm. some of that. Uh, there, there's a lot of unique ideas here that make this story very much feel like its own story
1: right that's good i i like that at least
0: yeah um so sh- should we just jump in or-, or do we have anything uh else else to say oh you know what i i looked up the credits because Ooh. you can access those before you start playing the game in the extras menu um and i i was hoping to find you know, writer, director, designer information on an episode-by-episode basis, couldn't find it. Right. Uh, Yeah, all the credits in this game seem to be uh, uh, combined into one thing, which makes sense because it's like, uh, really, the episodes are like levels.
1: Yeah, they all released at once as opposed to episodically.
0: Yeah, but in the credits, before it starts listing names, it uh it has a few paragraphs just about the uh the context in which the game was developed which was very cool it also like referenced things in the game so i was trying to not read that
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, a minefield
0: I, yeah i wanted to i didn't want to uh spoil myself but i did want to you know know more about the the development of the game and they were talking about how this game was developed largely in quarantine it started uh like a month or two after quarantine or mm. after march of 2020 right uh which, which is interesting for a couple reasons one that's a rough time to start making a video game <laughs>
2: uh,
0: i i know from example uh two that's very soon after telltale folded Sort of. Yeah, it's like a year and a half after Telltale folded. Yeah, because we didn't get news that this game was happening until just a couple months before it came out. And, right. Uh, but I, I guess it had been in development since all of quarantine. And uh, yeah, I, it, it's it's interesting to to figure out how that happened because I think Monkey Island was on a similar timetable.
1: Yeah, I, I was just about to bring up the uh, paragraph in the scrapbook in Return to Monkey Island, how uh, they, it if I remember right, they started around that same time.
0: I wonder if there was uh, like a waiting period to determine, okay, is Telltale really dead? <laughs> because if they're, if they're not really dead, then they should pick up their own IPs and stuff. We'll give them a year and a half. Oh, they're really dead. Okay, I will. I'll. will scrounge. I'll, we'll I'll just start go making. For it. Yeah, we'll do the next Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, Ron Gilbert will do the next Monkey Island. The uh, Neo Telltale can do their own Wolf Among Us. Uh, some other people can do Sam and Max. Like we'll give it. We'll give it a year and a half, out of respect. I don't know. <laughs> is it respect or is it uh just? Yeah, that's when the idea kicks in in, at the year and a half period. Uh, Yeah, it's especially
1: interesting for this. um, I kind of wonder if uh, Telltale themselves didn't have any interest in doing a sequel, but um, Gearbox did. So once Telltale was gone, uh, they could just go ahead and go for it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I would actually assume that Telltale might have wanted to do a sequel, considering that there were some Telltale employees on this new game. That's true. I'll, although, uh, you know, it was a big company with a lot of different employees, and all of the, all of those employees probably had individual differing opinions on right. what things need sequels and what things don't.
1: Plus a lot of uh, IPs and business deals they already had going on.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and then so right after that in the credits, it says Gearbox is, and then it's every employee at Gearbox in alphabetical order. Huh. So there's there's no uh, there, there's there's no descriptor on what they did.
1: So we just couldn't even figure out who wrote this or who did what.
0: It would be very hard
1: that uh sucks
0: <laughs> yeah uh th- th- there was if I remember correctly in the uh th- the sort of musical numbers that they brought over from the first game there was a bit of like directed by written by in in the corner but like those were always less reliable than the actual credits because uh they- well they they differed and mm-hmm. it didn't Say everything like normally it would say writers, but then I wanted the- de- uh the designers too, and I would have to read the credits for those and uh so so yeah that that's that information i'd love to know uh if anyone out there is knowledgeable about that, please send that in to me i'll I'll bring it up on the show but but yeah um i I do have huh. written- r- written by credits i have Ooh. that
1: that's good so, at least we got something.
0: the head of writing is Lynn Joyce, okay, and the lead writer is Doug Leiblich
1: okay okay i I don't know <laughs> so either there we go <laughs>
0: yeah I don't know those people, and I also don't know what um head of writing versus lead writer. I don't know how that shakes out
1: maybe uh and i I have no idea to know if this is true, but maybe lead writer is, like, the person who actually wrote the episode while uh, the other one is, like, broad strokes. Like, kind of figuring out the story, the broad strokes of the story, while mm. the other handles, like, the dialogue and stuff. I mean, so that's just a head guess. So
0: you head of is, like, narrative design, and then yeah. the lead writer is, like, the words yeah. and letters. I okay. think so. Could I be. mean,
1: I, I have no way to know, but...
0: Yeah, on, on the team that I am on, uh, we don't have that... Specific distinction. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it's been... A big part of my uh, education in video game development over the last couple of years has been the realization that every single studio does titles differently. <laughs> uh, there, there's no standardization across it, really because of uh, a lack of unionization for the most part. Mm. But we, we just don't know. We, we just don't know um someone's like senior designer could be creative director at a different studio and and uh but then that other studio's senior designer is like oh yeah they they just they're a level designer at that first studio or something like that
1: head of story could be the person who composed the soundtrack
0: yeah yeah head of story <laughs> could be like stories on a building and they they like did the architecture
1: yeah we made sure everyone <laughs> could stand on different floors
0: <laughs> that that is a, a difficult engineering problem getting yeah people in the same location but different z-axis positions hard, hard to do sometimes Um uh, also just really quick before we actually dive into the episode i'm still playing around in the menus a uh, lot of settings like a yeah. lot of settings
1: yeah i like that i i was I watching use... so adam played before i played and i was watching him kind of fiddle around with it and yeah there's there's a lot like different uh styles for the subtitles sizes all sorts of crazy mm-hmm. stuff
0: a lot of accessibility options uh which is really cool i i love seeing yeah. that um i used none of the settings <laughs> but but i liked that they were there yeah same yeah uh and-, and then you just see three people who i didn't know yet but would turn out to be the three playable characters of this game eating like purple tacos
1: <laughs> they say those are the best kind.
0: The purple kind, um, yeah. Let's let's dive into the episode.
1: Okay, I guess we can do that. I have a question for you. Just starting out, yeah. How do you feel about having three playable characters we're jumping around between?
0: Um. Well, uh, my mind went to Bone because
1: <laughs> <'cause>, because <bone laughs> as is it the last always does.
0: In, yeah, as it always does. Bone out from Boneville. Uh, <laughs> Had had the three bone characters as well. And uh, I don't believe we've done that since. Yeah. Think.
1: I don't think so.
0: Yeah. No, there's Wallace and Gromit's two. And then uh, Tales from the Borderlands was two. Sam and Max was almost always just one yeah I, I don't know i I think this this is uh the first time since bone
1: yeah i'll be I'll be honest i I didn't really care for it i i mean it it could change going forward but I felt like having a skip across three characters instead of two it that means everyone gets less time to be on screen and let you know who they are and get used to them and I feel like it kind of hurts the narrative this time.
0: Well, that's a good point you're bringing up because we're now 21 minutes into the uh, recording. But Dustin, did you like it? Did you like the episode?
1: <laughs> uh, I thought it was. I didn't think it was like the worst thing ever yet. I but I, I liked bits of it, but there is just something missing from it. Like, yeah, it it's. Definitely a significantly worse start than the first Tales from the Borderlands, which just hit the ground running. That first episode is crazy. Yeah, Uh,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: And I feel like having to juggle three characters is part of why it couldn't have that same strength. Because all three of these main characters, none of them I could really get a good feel for. Well, in the first episode of Tales from the Borderlands... Uh, it did. I, I knew Reese. I knew Fiona. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, would... in the
0: the first episode you get Reese, Fiona, uh, Vaughn, Sasha, August, Vasquez. Yeah. A lot of characters.
1: Yeah. But at the end of the yeah, day, that's... that's just switching between two different sides of the story. So everything can kind of sink in a little better. Um, mm-hmm here it's going all over the place and i i it's not like impossible to follow it's easy enough to follow but yeah because of that none of the characters really grew on me that much
0: yeah at, at the very end of the episode the three characters come together but they actually don't say anything to each other yet like that's that's your your cue for episode 2 yeah like two, I'm, of I'm them, thinking...
2: two
1: of them two of them kind of speak to each other a bit but the episode little, ends yeah. with the three coming together
0: Um, and, and I wonder if they feel more licensed to do that, like to wait so long to have their main characters talk to each other Mm -hmm. because it's, uh, because you don't have to wait months before, between episodes.
1: Right. You can just jump right into it.
0: Yeah. Still though, we are covering this game as if you did, uh, because (laughs) we're covering it the same way. Maybe that's unfair, but I did feel a weird bit of like, okay, are we... Yeah, I, I I agree with you. The the three different uh, settings for each of these characters feels very different from each other. Uh, yeah, and I I would have to say the weakest is probably the first one you're given, which is uh, Doctor Anu Dar. She on is Atlas? yeah on on Atlas. Uh, she is a scientist, and she's got an assistant named Fong, and. She developed a teleportation gun, which uh mimics the abilities of a Borderlands enemy type called the Siren, who can teleport things.
1: Right. I have no idea what a siren is, but I got the gist. It, it's it's yeah. pretty easy to follow.
0: Yeah, so so she seems to be like a like a um a, a super fan of these things called the sirens. Right. And uh yeah, she she it's a she made a gun like device that can shoot a beam at something and teleport it somewhere, but she does not know where or when in space time it ended up.
1: <laughs> That's that seems like a like a big thing to figure out.
0: Yeah, and there's there's like this weird thing going on <laughs> where uh she she's championing this idea of like okay it ends conflict but not in a way that kills people because i can just move them away i if someone's being mean to me i just say okay go away you are and, somewhere else now yeah and uh i mean that that's clearly even even from before they start having conversations about the logistics of that mm-hmm. i think it should be clear oh this can be as deadly as anything else
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Where,
0: yeah, just put them in a volcano, and that's, you know.
1: <laughs> Problem solved.
0: Yeah, but the uh, the deciding where and when to put them and how to find out where they went is uh, future development. Right now, we just have the teleportation part. Right. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: how do you like this character? <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> you don't like Anu?
0: I, I wanted to like Ani because uh of of the descriptions we got of the three characters we got uh there's a scientist, which is her uh her brother Octavio, who's like a streetwise entrepreneur type mm-hmm. guy He's always got a grift going on he's always trying to to start his business but in a way that like, People from high school who haven't called you in years call you up to say, like, you got to get in on my business, that kind (laughs) of business, not like a real one. Right. Um, And Fran, who runs a frozen yogurt shop, other than being intrigued of just what is it going to be like to play as a frozen yogurt salesperson in Borderlands, uh, I I was mostly excited about playing as Anu. I, I felt like she had the most. Um, narrative potential and maybe individually i could relate to that more so i thought that would be cool Uh, and it wasn't was it well i wonder if each of the three sections had like a different writer
1: Ooh, i could see that i do feel like her sections were the most uh quippy but that's mostly because of her assistant flung Flong is r- written in
0: an unbelievable way
1: i hate her <laughs> i cannot stand this character uh yeah yeah so but in a way i thought that was very funny i was laughing at how much i disliked Flong. yeah but like it's it's
0: it's so it's so unaware yeah right like it doesn't seem like, oh, we know we're kind of being campy. It's, exactly. it's not that. It it's, feels like they're uh,
1: trying to be cool and funny and saying, yeah, we're really good.
0: Yeah, the, the way I, I can't... I don't want to and can't remember most of her lines that made me feel this way. <laughs> but the, the vibe reminded me a lot of when Avengers Age of Ultron came out. And people really started to uh, sort of unite... On finding Joss Whedon's writing style somewhat annoying. Right. Uh, because you got the Avengers trying to take down neo Nazis and uh, you know, have interpersonal relationships, and the stakes are high, and they're always just like, okay, and what are you? <laughs> <laughs> just the whole time doing little quips. Um, Fong and, and Dr. Anu, uh, Anu as well but yeah. like sort of the the more relaxed side of it we're just doing this the whole time and it the entire time because that's the first section of the game that you see i was so nervous i thought like oh is, is this, this what is that this game's gonna gonna the gonna whole game is going to be yeah luckily no uh as, as soon as you you go to octavio section or Fran's section um it's it's not that way anymore yeah the first whole section it, it really is
1: yeah you know what something else I noticed uh comparing Anu's section to the others maybe it's just me, but I also felt like the character animation was not as good I don't like when it we were first mm. here um just the way the characters moved I was like this feels like the Donkey Kong country cartoon yeah <laughs> Like it it felt very unnatural and I was like, Oh Jesus, what, what's wrong. But then like immediately when we go to Octavio, it's not like that anymore. Maybe it's, maybe it's just something in my brain, but it it felt like the character animations Hmm. for Anu's part were not as good as other parts.
0: That's, that's very interesting. Uh, I, I wonder if, if there's something I didn't notice that I'll I'll just Mm -hmm. say, but I did I did feel that when we went to Octavia's part, which uh takes place planet side. By the way, we're on a different planet. This is a a much more uh like uh developed planet, I, I think right. it's fair to say. Uh much more urban planet than the desert planet of uh Pandora. Now we're on Promethea, which is another Greek myth uh name. Uh, and I wonder if that's just something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like most that. Most of we're our not on... planets, the real solar system planets, are named after Roman gods, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I like that we're on a different planet getting to see a, a different sort of setting.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know how uh, often they go to different planets in the Borderlands series. I just uh I just assumed the other one was like the main one you're at all the time.
0: Well, it seems like it was to start, but in Borderlands three you do a lot of planet hopping.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. And um, and
1: this is kind of this is post Borderlands three, so I guess that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think they said a year after Borderlands three. Okay. Or or maybe more. I don't know. Uh, but some time has passed since Borderlands three. And Promethea is a cool planet. Like right off the bat, I I really like the vibe of this yeah. uh, this town. It feels, um, it feels very Hey Arnoldy. <laughs>
1: i get what you mean
0: yeah like uh like the the 90s impression of what the 50s impression of what new york was (laughs) except for some reason it doesn't take place in new york
1: yeah it's it's not very clean it is a lot better than pandora but there's still like trash everywhere it's still very uh Mm mm-hmm you you get what I mean. I I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but you get the general vibe of it very quickly. Yeah,
0: and uh, like you you just see uh, Octavio walking past a bunch of people, and he knows everyone in town. Uh, it, it's it's a I I thought it was a breath of fresh air after the Anu section, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he's he's like talking to the the pizza guy, and uh, he says, "Hey, Papa, whatever your name is, how are the calzones going?" And the pizza guy says, "Oh, they're very good." And then Octavio says, "Yeah, you should probably drop that problematic accent, though." And the pizza guy says, "Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry."
1: (laughs) What a choice!
0: Yeah, what 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 an interesting joke. (laughs) I don't know how to interpret the joke. I thought it was funny. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, Uh, yeah, and there's like little food stands everywhere. His friends like to meet up at a taco shop. Good, good direction on this uh, on this area. I, I really like the the town.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say I like love any of these characters either yet, but I kind of liked are just a, a gang of friends hanging out. So before
0: before we we go to Octavio, though, I, I want to stay in order a little bit. Okay. Um, anu has to talk because she's dis- uh, behind schedule. And causing trouble and over budget. She released all the monkeys. She re- she released all the monkeys, which is a, a real thing she did. <laughs> uh, in in this space station, she works for Atlas, which means she's an employee of Reese Strongfork. I forgot his name was Strongfork. I did too. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered it it uh, like for the podcast. I think early on, but then I I just lost that <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> Uh so she has to like explain herself to Reese and
1: Reese sucks now. Yeah, I I don't like that very much. I I mean yeah. I guess I get it becoming uh the head of this company but even then it just felt like they kind of made him too much of a jerk.
0: Yeah, like like an unrecognizable both in in the way he looks, frankly, and the way he acts. <laughs> the mustache
1: uh, is a little much
0: yeah because he's not like full handsome jack he's not he's not murdering anyone who gets in his way a little bit, right? He's not praised, right. but he is a warmonger.
1: yeah, for sure yeah he's, uh, he's he doesn't like that her invention does not kill people.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she says it could end conflicts without death and violence, and Reese is like, what? without death and violence? that's my favorite things though also money yeah it it really undermines the ending of old tales from the borderlands when reese is having that conversation with uh with fiona maybe more players chose to make him a warmonger than we did but we i thought like the whole theme of that was you don't actually have to be corrupted by power in the same way that handsome jack was yeah but maybe you do
1: <laughs> maybe. maybe that's just how business is
0: yeah maybe maybe capitalism and maybe i should have known that about capitalism but I, I
1: thought that reese
0: was different in in at least the way of like he never used a gun the whole time
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: he did not like guns that was a thing mm-hmm. and now he's like he, he hates that the device that looks like a gun doesn't kill
1: yeah it uh it does my boy Reese a disservice
2: it, it
0: yeah just every aspect about and then he's got this uh he's got a, a framed picture of sasha on his desk which is nice but it just like him acting this way it makes me think okay did Sasha like enable this 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 whole thing seems so unlikely yeah. Yeah,
1: don't care for it. I, I, and and it sucks because I was happy to see Reese back. I was like, "That's him! I remember from the other game." Uh, yeah, and then he's just pretty unrecognizable as the Reese you knew.
0: Yeah, his uh, his voice actor is different, which uh we did know about. If we were to see Reese again, his voice actor would be different.
1: I will say, I think the new voice actor does a not bad job. Like if he, yeah, if I didn't know. He had a different voice actor. I probably wouldn't have been able to tell. Um,
0: I did write down that he sounds a little bit more like Handsome Jack, um, but I, I probably, I would wager that was a conscious choice and not just uh, him sounding different. Right. He sounds pretty similar.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Y- y- so this whole this whole conversation between Anu and Reese um, is definitely. Meant to evoke the conversation between Reese and Vasquez at the beginning yeah. of the old game.
2: I
1: got that too. Yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, it, it, it's one of the only like solid thematic ties to the old game. The, the rest of this is pretty new. Hence, hence the name. Um, and yeah. I just don't, I don't buy Reese in this role. I just don't buy it. I agree. Yeah, it, it's an interesting story. I I think it's kind of similar to thinking about how Kenny went from Walking Dead 1 to Walking Dead 2, uh, where, like, I I think what what they do with Kenny in Walking Dead 2 is valuable and and really cool and interesting, and probably utilizes the character more than Walking Dead 1 did. But also, that wasn't the Kenny I knew from Walking Dead 1 at all. Right. so it, it it's it's interesting here. Yeah, and in the same way, if this was just a new character, I would understand like, oh, this is the kind of company Atlas is, I get it. But I we know Reese, this isn't right. Like this just it's not it doesn't seem right.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll say this, I think I buy Kenny in two more than I buy Reese here. Um and no. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just I can see the setting of Walking Dead really changing someone. <laughs> Oh, sure, yeah. Like, yeah. like with Kenny, I felt like it was at least a little more justified. Here, it's just... I agree with you. It just undermines what happened in the last game.
0: Yeah, like, with Kenny, in, in Walking Dead 1, if you think about all the times that uh, Kenny's put in a really hard situation in Walking Dead 1, he's the guy that talks a big game, but when worst comes to worse, he relies on Lee, uh, because he actually doesn't have the guts to do a lot of the stuff he has to do Mm -hmm. um like like when he runs up to save duck he he freezes in that first episode or when it's time to kill duck uh like he he can't do it um so like like he was kind of the guy that he he has the ideals of a pragmatist but when when it really came down to it he would freeze up and and not be able to do the things he's got to do which made that end and uh, the the last episode of Walking Dead one where he sacrifices himself for someone else feel like 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 a like an arc. But then Walking Dead two is like, oh no no he'll he gets really angry <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he he will rise to any occasion in a way you probably wish he would not rise to. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and I can so, I can so like s- that felt different to me.
1: Yeah, but I could see how this apocalypse would change someone for the worse like mm-hmm. that. But with Reese i I don't see how his character could become where he ended up
0: yeah, and I think that it's probably i I think we're probably on some level meant to feel like upset and and disoriented that the success of his company and the power that comes with financial wealth has changed him so significantly but maybe that's um maybe we're seeing one of the themes of borderlands emerge which is just like being so financially wealthy and so uh powerful and and so in in charge of a business that can really change things has a huge effect on whether you are a good person or not and the uh the effects of power can't be undone by just being a good person you will be corrupted by the position you're in maybe that's uh the whole borderlands thing but it just i just still have a real hard time believing this on reese i i yeah i don't know why I-, I don't know why i can't imagine that he was corrupted and maybe part of it is just like we don't have that full borderlands 3 story with reese and, and how mm-hmm. changed he's been but yeah just uh just, it, a just a different yeah, guy. He's just a
2: different
1: guy. Yeah, like, if that's what they're going for, fine, I get that. But it just seems so, like, against what he wanted in the first one. Like, the whole point was he didn't want to be like Vasquez or like yeah. Handsome Jack. And I, I do agree with you. Maybe the point is being that rich and powerful just does that to you, but... I, I don't know. Maybe they just shouldn't have done it then. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, because we didn't see Fiona. Uh, we, yeah. We, we don't know what the other characters of Tales from the Borderlands are up to. Maybe they'll show up in, in a bit, but yeah. So uh, so he's upset that the device it doesn't kill people uh he is very
1: he's also very upset that uh she used it to teleport one of his things what did you choose for her to teleport away the dummy the dummy oh is that the one that had his suit on it yeah cool what did he say to that my suit (laughs) (laughs) i
0: what did what did you pick
1: i picked the plant
0: oh okay and he cares about this
1: yeah it's a very sentimental plant um i think he said sasha got it for him and you just teleported it away so he's really upset and then he says well you know maybe it teleported somewhere where it can grow and and thrive and uh Timmy, his robot assistant, comes and he's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, that needs to be in a special soil. It needs to be fed five times a day. That plant's going to uh, die immediately. <laughs> and then Reese is just kind of quietly sad. <laughs>
0: it, I'll, honestly, it's on Reese because he says, show me, and then yeah. he doesn't offer anything. So you're yeah. just like, okay, well, there's some some uh, presumably not as valuable stuff around here. I tried because I was just so grossed out by Reese. I tried at first clicking Reese, even though he didn't have any UI on him. <laughs> uh, the I... game does not let you do it. You need to pick one of the pre designated objects.
2: Right. So... Too uh, bad. Yeah.
0: Bummer. What do you think about Timmy? <laughs>
1: his,
2: yeah.
0: uh, his chair robot.
1: He. Well, he's no Gordus, I'll tell you that much. He's no Gordas and he's no Loderbot. Yeah, I love Gordas and I love Loderbot. This and he's Timmy no guy. He's not yeah. even Louis. Louis Louie I liked, but um
0: Louis's from this episode, by the way, listener. Yeah. If, if you don't know who that is. Timmy uh,
1: feels like he exists to be the Borderlands humor character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very I mean, this whole Anu section feels like oh this is this is actually what i thought borderlands was yeah uh because we, we had talked a lot about that during the tales from the borderlands uh episodes of this podcast we had talked about we had this preconceived notion of the kind of humor that was in borderlands and it did show up uh, occasionally time to time but we were very impressed with how uh that episode how the, that those episodes writing shook out and i would say i i would offer that as well to the Octavio section. Yeah. Or uh, even the Franz section. Mm-hmm. I would not offer it to the Anu section. I think the Anu section is exactly what I thought Borderlands was. And, it's, you know, we you know, talked you know about why so, we're maybe not as
1: into that. You know what's so weird about that is Anu feels... The Anu section feels like the spot where it would be least likely to get that. Like... Thinking back yeah. to, like, I would have expected this more from the Octavio part or even the Fran sure. part. Um, but to get it with the Anu part feels like a really strange choice. Like, I don't, they don't feel like characters that would be quipping back and forth to one another.
2: Yeah. Or at least it doesn't
1: it, feel like a section you should be getting that in.
0: No. Yeah. It, it, it felt... It was. It was. Uh, I'll. I'll say that section. Just this whole third of the episode disappointing in that way. Uh, yeah. Any. Anyway, Timmy says that he will go get the object that you send back. So you aim the device at Timmy and send him back, and you have no idea where Timmy is now. Uh, and and then Reese gets a call from someone from the what's the corporation the uh, the T-Dior. T your company
1: right i was i was trying to remember who they were
0: and uh he says oh okay anu uh you're excused, by the way you're fired <laughs> so even though he, she made a device that should definitely kill someone <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking like the vastness of space right like it's all of space time yeah the, the odd ob- the odds of landing on a planet at all have to be incredibly low yeah you just got to be in the void <laughs> what are the odds you can even see a star it's probably just the void if it can be
1: anywhere at any time it, hmm. it, it, <laughs> yeah well that's for later episodes to worry about <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I'm sure they're going to land on a planet. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's going to be in a contemporary time on a planet, and it, uh, it'll be fine.
1: I have a couple small gameplay complaints about this section, too.
0: Oh, go for it, yeah.
1: One of them is, at the beginning, you are you have those goggles that let you scan things. It's basically like Reese's Eye, which was yeah. I thought was neat at first, but... One thing I didn't like about this is you have to scan a lot of things in order to even interact with them. Like the toolbox that has the uh, the crystal, the power source in it, you can't just open it. You have to scan it first so you know it's in there. Mm-hmm. Then you can open it. Yeah. Um, not, not a big deal, but I was like, oh, that seems like... That seems like if it were in the first Tales from the Borderlands, I would just be able to open it. A lot of the eye-scanning stuff was mainly just for, like, there was a couple times where it was required, but it was mainly just for fun to get more out of this world.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, the eye-scanning stuff and Fiona picking up money. Yeah. Both were like, okay, it, it's it's something we can do time to time when they give us full control of the character and let us explore the space but it's it, it's the side thing it's not what's going to push the episode forward
1: right and an one like very very minor complaint that bugs me more than it probably should is uh when you're opening the safe in her room in her mm-hmm. lab there's a you, you have to scan it to get the password the password's written on a little uh, sticky note and her password is 1234 and mm-hmm. you know that's a silly little joke but um mean, it's weird
0: enough to just have anything in a safe in a lab like just you know that's already your stuff
1: just lock your main door (laughs) but the part i thought was really weird is so it tells you the passwords one two three four but that doesn't play into the gameplay at all you just have to press the buttons it tells you you just press yeah i had to to press x
0: like it's a time it's a rhythm
1: game thing I had I had to press X B X B. What does that have to do with the password?
0: It I, it just felt dis.
1: It felt that's disconnected. One two three
0: four in controller language.
1: Yeah, it it just felt disconnected in a way where I'm like, you couldn't have thought a bit of like a way to feel like the password itself actually mattered.
0: Yeah, or or just like write X B X B on the uh, on the note so yeah. I can see it in the world. I I would believe that in the actual universe of the game, those are numbers, and I just, as the players see them as buttons, I, I yeah. would believe that. That the Yeah, design.
1: it would have been so easy, but it now it's convoluted and weird. And like I said, it's a very minor thing that has like nothing to do with the narrative, but I, I feel like this game does not make a very good first impression.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and just to finish up, like, anu's section on atlas because i i think we're running pretty long right (laughs) uh she her whole character is just um she's uncorrupted she's a good person she's a scientist that wants to um, end conflicts without violence and stop experimenting on animals and uh you know just make the world a better place whenever she
1: can what a pure of heart character
0: very pure of heart and and uh she's octavio's sister and she's multiple times even though it's weird that it came up this many times uh she's like yeah i just hope he's good um fa it's at, at a certain point after she's fired by reese uh the tdor corporation storms the atlas facility that there's they're being uh taken over violently and fong distracts them so anu can get away in a car which is i think a reference to uh the car falling from helios in the first game Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much the entire reference to the first
1: game you know what i think I think this part, when you're trying to escape Atlas to get mm-hmm. away from... Uh, you said they're called T.D.
0: T- uh Yeah, I believe... yeah, Or is the, the one that... Is uh, invading. Is, is invading and, and waging war on Atlas. Because there was another one called the Malawan Corporation mm-hmm. that had, just previously to the uh, events of the game, waged war on everyone on promethea and that's why Prometheus kind of run down in, in like a post-war state and everyone's yeah. talking about how the war just happened that was the malawan corporation they're now out of the picture but atlas owns everything but now there's td that's trying to get a slice of it yeah.
1: yeah um so this part when you're trying to escape it it really felt like they were trying to give it some sort of uh emotional weight because like, the part where uh, Fong is getting you to the escape pod. It felt like they were trying to do, like, a kind of emotional moment with her leaving her and the rest of them behind. But it's just so undercut by their f- silly little quips. Mm-hmm. Fong is awful. <laughs> like, it gets rid of any dramatic tension. It-, it just feels like a jokey jokey scene. Yeah, and, like, Fong,
0: Fong does the ultimate self-sacrifice of distracting these these guards so uh anu can get to the ship just to make sure her brother is okay uh which should in any other situation be a nice you know sad thing to see happen like are you kidding fong you do that but at this point you just don't like fong so yeah you're plus
1: that's that that a joke in itself anymore that's a joke in itself she's just like uh She's like, "Oh yeah, I know where the vault key is. Follow me, boys!" And yeah, it, it, yeah. there's no dramatic tension to it at all.
0: So, almost it for Anu, but I—you got to talk about the Vaultlanders, right? So, okay, so you hear about Vaultlanders because you find out that. Fong plays a game that might be like a tabletop game, some sort of strategy game with uh, figures called Vaultlanders, which is a take on Skylanders. Um, I didn't even put
1: that together. <laughs> I feel very stupid. <laughs>
0: yeah, I w- I was thinking for a while. I like are Vaultlanders a, a Borderlands term? But then it, I realized, oh, they're fi- it's Skylanders. They're right. Uh, which is like a already weirdly dated concept like they yeah, haven't made when... Skylanders games in a in number of years.
1: Yeah, when was the last time there was a Skylanders game?
0: Uh yeah, it was like 5 6 years ago, right?
1: Yeah, that's uh, very a weird choice.
0: Yeah, and it, like Amiibo would be a, a a more prescient comparison or even just something just, you know, vaulty figs <laughs> just, just <laughs> something um, so she gives you this vault lander which I intuit is going to be the only guaranteed vault lander that you collect while the others all require exploration in the environment
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and um, they're, they're going to be like under stuff like a lot of the, it reminds me of the, the strong bad exploration yeah
1: um, how do you feel about vault landers
0: can't care I got two of the three. <laughs> did not go back to get the third.
1: Yeah, you know what? I feel like they feel like something I should like. I like like the figures in Wind Waker. I really like the little figurines of the characters or like trophies in Smash Brothers. Those are cool. These feel very. uh, Who cares?
0: Well, I think that makes sense for a game like Wind Waker. That like the whole point of a Zelda game is the the the, the joy and art of exploration, right? Mm-hmm. And in a telltale game it's about the narrative and and about making choices and about there's little exploratory parts but um i i think this is kind of coming up against the fact that video games actually have changed a lot in the last 10 years a lot and i i think that uh there's this perception that they haven't because we haven't seen a lot of technical advancement Mm -hmm. from like the ps3 era to the ps5 era we've been in hd the whole time now we're in like 4k a lot of the time but uh the idea of 3d has been around the idea of most of the the technical things game can do but in that period what AAA games are has gone from a measurement of like scale and scope and budget to a genre unto itself. AAA games feel a certain way, and this feels like a AAA game in the, in the modern sense, in the way that Telltale games did not typically. They felt like their own genre of game, and this is still in that genre, but is it, it's now like, okay, so you're in AAA, which means you got to move the camera around. You have to be able to do that, and uh, you you have to control a a, a character who's like this toy like human on the screen. And move them around an environment. You have to explore things all the time in a AAA game. You have to have collectibles. You have to have stats, mm. uh, and it it does those things in a way that it feels it feels so extra to it the feels Telltale detrimental.
2: Formula.
0: You know, I'm I'm not I'm not so sure. I would say detrimental. Uh, I would
1: I would say one thing about it is detrimental.
0: Sure. What was that? But
1: well, I'll let you finish. Let you finish your thought first.
0: Well, no, I mean I can definitely see that being the case, but like what my my thought is just I don't know if it even can feel detrimental when it just feels so separate. It just feels like I'm playing a different game all of a sudden when for example, right. you get to the taco places Octavio mm-hmm. and you have this uh like intersection that you can walk around and, and pick up trash and just for, for all just in, in a moment you're supposed to be eating tacos with friends you're like okay well I have to I have to rummage through trash for some reason uh, telltale games you know, had a number of problems but they didn't have that kind of game artifice which I think made them feel very unique in a, a world of uh, video games trying to either develop upon or get rid of that game artifice it kind of got there and that's that's why the walking dead season one made the splash it did it really felt like some prestigious high quality narrative storytelling in 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 a time period where that wasn't so common from video games and and now we're like kind of back to okay you got it you'll have the story but you gotta collect these uh, Vaultlanders, and they're ones in my armpit. Isn't that funny? The ones just around. Wow, <laughs> pretty good stuff. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Um, I actually didn't understand that I should be looking for Vaultlanders until I found one as Fran, and then I realized, oh, I probably missed the one as Octavio.
1: Yeah, I don't recall it saying I should keep an eye out for a vault lander with Octavio, but it did for Fran. So I, I probably just missed it as Octavio, but it never even occurred to me to look around for it. And then with Fran, it's like, uh, find, like, it's telling you what you need to do, mm-hmm. the part when you have to uh, show the damage to her restaurant to for the insurance claim. Um, but it also said, find a vault lander. So yeah. then I knew, okay, I guess I'll look around for it
0: yeah um it it's a it's a strange it's a strange addition um if if you go to your vaultlanders collection later on, you can see that there are um uh, there are stats each one has-
2: mm-hmm. and
0: i don't i don't know if i uh I don't know if I yet believe we're actually going to use these things in a game. We haven't had the opportunity to yet.
1: I thought they were like for some sort of like multiplayer side mode or something. I didn't notice, but no, nothing like that.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't think there's anything multiplayer. Uh, Maybe maybe later on you'll find like a table where there is this old board gamester. (laughs) Just uh, just playing some Vaultlanders and you'd think, well, I got some Vault Landers, which is why they give you the one of Fwang, uh guarantee. So you have one, yeah. Just so you have one, yeah.
1: I guess I could see that. I'm with you. I'm not convinced that it will be a thing, but maybe.
0: Yeah, so I have two. I hope that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe it's going to cut us off from some, uh, s- some extra special bonus in the fifth episode, the same way that the
1: amount of money you have determines if you can get Claptrap or not. Right. Money's another weird thing in this since uh so in the first border tales from the borderlands it was just Fiona that handled the money. Yeah. Which is fine, but here your money carries out throughout all three characters, which mm-hmm. is like I I get how that like makes it smoother in terms of like if you'll need it in the game. Like mm-hmm. okay, so this is all of the money I've found, but it's strange from a narrative point of view. That all of your money is shared across all three of these characters who have not yet met.
0: Yeah, and, and by the way, there's, there's not much to spend your money on, at least in this first episode. Uh, yeah. There is another quick change station where you can buy uh, skins for your characters based on having that money.
1: Yeah, I didn't buy any. This like I didn't in... buy
0: anything either. I, I felt like it was a trick.
1: <laughs> trick I, I didn't feel like it was a trick But um, I just didn't like any of them as much Like it, when you had that opportunity In the first Tales from the Borderlands I kind of liked those outfits I was like ooh wish I could afford that one But I can't um, Well but I think here... because we're
0: coming so soon After seeing the claptrap thing I really do think it's a trick Like I right, I, right. I, I feel like if I spend the money On skins <laughs> to make any of my characters Look different I'm I not might not be some... able to
1: get claptrap.
0: I'm not going to have some access to, to like a claptrap later on. That'll be devastating.
1: Yeah. Me. What if, what if Fiona is there and you can't pay for her?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Fiona wants to rob you, but will be sad if you don't have enough money for her to rob.
1: Yeah. I want to have enough money for her to rob. <laughs> uh, but one, one thing I don't like, uh, you brought up being able to move the camera in this. Yeah. And at first I thought that was cool just being able to look around, see whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like there was a lot of times where maybe it's not being able to move the camera's fault, but I felt like there was a lot of times where I just could not face what I wanted to interact with. Like interesting, it, it made it more complicated to in tales from the borderlands. I never had that problem. I could just point to what I wanted to interact with and do it. But here it felt like I was struggling a lot of the time. Like if something Hmm. was lower, if something was closer to the ground, you really, you can't just get up close to it and interact with it. You got to move the camera down to it and find the exact right spot so you can press a button. There's
0: there's also a lot of sections where like there's a pile of trash on the ground and if you interact with it, you'll find that there are stacks of money under it. Yeah. Which is funny. But also um, almost everything in this game has UI that'll tell you when you can interact with something but like those stacks of money don't yeah Uh, so it's it does feel more secret that way but it it feels uh, strangely inconsistent as well and if that's why I missed the vault lander I'm gonna feel like okay well that's just unfair I
1: I did my best here
0: yeah I I brought my A game to looking around at things and uh (laughs) hmm
1: Interesting. I I brought my A game to an unfair situation.
0: Yeah. You, you I brought my A game and you're like C game and I'm like no, A game, but I guess C game.
1: <laughs> you got to meet somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah. So uh Anu lands on the planet. Let's let's just finish her st- whole story and then do the other stories. Okay. Um she lands on Promethea. Uh she by the way, the 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 musical section is her, like, dive-bombing in this car onto the planet. And the song is Die Right Now by Noer. I've been listening to so much Knower recently that it blew my mind to just hear that song all of a sudden.
1: You, ha- you had to do a double-check, double-take, uh, and make sure you were actually playing the game or listening to music.
0: Yeah, I, ha- I did a Tim Allen... <gasps> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I don't know the song, but I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I I I don't know if it's like my favorite, uh, nowhere song even, but I thought that it fit the moment perfectly. Uh, Nowhere's so good. Nowhere's uh, Louis Cole and Genevieve Artati doing some uh, real good jazzy electro ballad stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great great stuff.
1: I might need to go back and listen to it again. Uh, I,
0: I would I would instead recommend just looking up other nowhere songs. Okay,
1: but... but on on this subject of the music, do you mind if I if we go back in time a little bit to when we were playing the last episode of Tales from the Borderlands? Sure. Because I didn't mention this in that episode, but I wanted to bring up the song in the end credits, uh, "My Silver Lining" by uh, First Aid Kit. mm Hmm. Um. Very very good. I've been listening to that a lot.
0: Were you introduced from the game or
1: Yeah, I, I had never heard of them or that song before, but that song is awesome. I loved it. That's that's the first song in Tales from the Borderlands where I was like when I heard it, I was like I have to get this song now.
0: Yeah, the, you know if there's anything that uh Gearbox is doing on par or if not better than the first game, they uh they definitely carried over their very good sense of licensed mu- music. Uh, and I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that that's going on still. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's probably one of the iconic tonal aspects of Tales from the Borderlands to me now. Just having I agree. These great songs.
1: I, I totally agree.
0: Yeah, I, I can't think of it, too many other Telltale things that have done that. There's been a few... Um, Walking, Walking Dead, Dead had that some have songs, had songs yeah. in their credits. In their, like at the very end, though, not like during the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, so she crash lands, and the way her car lands kills a bunch of psychos. Uh, the the uh the Borderlands character class psychos. I'm not just laying judgment on these <laughs> people who have struck hard times and and potentially radioactive genetics.
1: Right. It's not uh, their yeah, fault, uh, maybe.
0: Yeah, they, they were all going to kill this one other psycho, uh, but the car crash kills all of them except for that one remaining one.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and she, Anu's knocked unconscious, and when she comes to the remaining psycho, she's leaning over Anu in a, a very crazed way. <laughs> Uh, but but she's happy and and now like worships Anu for for saving her life.
1: She thinks they're best friends.
0: Yeah. So her name is Stapleface uh, <laughs> because of the staples in her face. I reckon. Probably. Yeah, could be unrelated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How do you feel about Stapleface, Mitchell? Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I mean. I don't I don't care for her.
1: <laughs> I get it. I I thought she was fun.
0: Yeah, she's fun. She she's but, uh, she keeps the levity high, but I I think I can, that this I can section of the the episode even though they're on the planet now, it kind of has the same writing definitely. difficulties that I I felt earlier on the Atlas ship.
1: Definitely. I I just kind of liked her whole thing. I thought Stapleface was a very uh a very yeah. positive character, but I can see how she would be uh, way too much for people. Yeah, and and
0: it it took staple face for me to realize this, and this made me just keep an eye out for the rest of the episode that this might be a a bit of a gross thing to realize, but I do think that it speaks to the Borderlands aesthetic a little bit. Um, and and tell me if you think I'm going too far by even bringing it up, Dustin. Okay. Every female character in this game has the biggest butt.
1: <laughs> I didn't notice. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs>
1: which, which, it, which is, which is funny because that seems more in character for me to say than you.
0: Well, yeah. So I the the first time that it uh, like really <laughs> that it really popped into recognition for me was <laughs> with. Uh, a moment between Fran and the insurance adjust- adjuster, which we'll oh. get to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the insurance adjuster—I uh, mean, more so than any other character—just is comically proportioned.
1: Yeah, th- that's the point of her, at least.
0: Yeah, she she's uh, she was drawn by like a uh, a first year deviant art student. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, we were all there one- at one point in our lives. <laughs> You know, not not me, but
0: <laughs> that that's cool. I'm not I'm not dissing it as a choice, but I am saying
1: it's noticeable. every
0: one of them. <laughs> uh, because there's a lot there's there's a lot of this uh, game in this world in general, both from the Telltale side and the Gearbox side, that have been impressive to me in terms of uh, showing progressive kinds of characters mm-hmm. and. Uh, characters who are maybe physically disabled or uh, part of the lgbtq community or uh, of of different minority races and and uh in in that way the diversity is really good except all of the women are still drawn with the biggest butts and you know what that's just how promethea do i guess but yeah it, that's it is just something. how it be uh, I think I think Anu might be like the one exception, but even even then, it's I think if you you put that character next to a real life human, you'd realize oh that butt's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable bringing it up, but it was it was noticeable <laughs> to me.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. If, if it's uh, something you notice, you gotta bring it up.
0: Yeah, because on, on the one hand, it, it feels like they're trying to be very. Um. Uh, diverse and promote acceptance of different body types, which is awesome. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, this one aspect of this one gender is still almost always shown with the uh, male gaze might be an antiquated phrase for this because of course, you know, they would be the lesbian gaze as well. Um, but it that that is that is what's happening here so right yeah feels weird feels feels strange i will say the it, taken as individuals almost each one of these character designs i think is pretty awesome
1: yeah i i've i never had a problem with how this game looked other than the strange animations at the beginning uh, uh which which might have just been a me thing uh but i thought this game looked uh pretty good overall Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting having this style of gameplay with a game that's not just the regular Telltale games look.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And like the the original Tales from the Borderlands was made to look like Borderlands 2. And I guess this one's made to look like Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, like Borderlands 2 had a lot of that Uh, very visible black outlines that were shared between Walking Dead, especially later Walking Dead, and Wolf Among Us and things of that nature. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see this new very modern, very AAA look on a telltale story.
1: Yeah, in Tales from the Borderlands, you still got that telltale flavor to it, even if they were going for the Borderlands style. Here, you don't get that at all. It's very, uh, it's very interesting.
0: So Anu's trying to fight these uh, other psychos that show up and and Stapleface helps out. Um, and in during the process, at least for me, I think this is a choice you can do. You don't have to. Uh, anu sends some of these psychos to I, like the dark dimension or whatever. <laughs> uh, and also uses the butt of the device to press it into some guy's face. And then she's she freaks out she's like oh, i just killed someone oh no
2: oh jeez!
0: Uh, which yeah that good reaction fair reaction yeah uh, but stapleface face just loves anu for this even more she's she's completely smitten with anu yeah uh, just just head over heels
1: i i think that staple face i think is fun even if i do agree yeah. she feels like that sort of like the the humor of the character again feels very more in line with Borderlands what i expect from Borderlands but i guess just the context for the character makes me enjoy her a lot more than say Fuang.
0: yeah stapleface tells anu that she had <laughs> she had earlier decided to be not psycho Right. And the other... Psych- uh, anu says, can you just decide that? And she says, not without a death day. <laughs> so, so they have to kill you for it, which is what was happening when Anu crashed the car. Um, but now she's she's having a reborn day. So now Stapleface is not going to be Psycho anymore. She
1: can be whatever she wants.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's still... She hasn't acted on that yet. <laughs> she's still yeah. act, acting and talking and being a lot like a psycho character class character. Uh, Yeah. Well, we'll, you know, old habits are hard to break. True. Yeah. She can't just be drinking tea all of a sudden. She doesn't have tea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She has to go to the store and get the tea first.
0: Yeah. So it's at this time that Anu is freaking out that she just killed a person that the tea or invasion starts. So she starts heading for the frozen yogurt shop where she thinks Octavio is going to be. And that's like the end of the episode for her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so octavio
1: octavio
0: octavio um uh, we, we, we've already talked a lot about this so we don't need to go into detail as much but uh yeah he's got this friend louis or l-o-u-1-3 a robot a kill bot an assassination bot
1: likes uh, killing
0: people he likes killing people and between no no his them, whole
1: thing is he doesn't like killing people it's just what his programming is
0: I, I don't know if I got the sense that he doesn't like it, but he does find other aspects of violence to be barbaric. But he thinks yeah. what he does is probably fine.
1: Well, I uh, Octavio straight up says he doesn't like it, but maybe he was just making an excuse, like later when he's at friends
0: Oh, sorry, no, Octavio doesn't like it. I was saying Louis is fine with it.
1: No, he Octavio says that Louis doesn't like it.
0: Oh okay, okay. I I might have missed that. Um, I mean, from he he doesn't seem conflicted when it happens.
1: Well, it's part of his programming. Yeah. they they have that conversation at the beginning. Octave is like, uh, "Don't you want more out of life than killing?" And uh, Louis says, "Well, yeah, but no, this this is just this is what I do. This is all, literally all I know."
0: <laughs> um. So Louis has got a very interesting sort of game mechanics paradigm to when he kills people. Which is, uh... Someone has to say their own name. Then, Louis can run that name against the database of bounties. And if there's a bounty on them, they can kill them.
1: Yeah, and it's not so much that he can kill them, but I guess he has to. Because he said... uh, Yeah, yeah. He he tells uh, Octavio that, um... He doesn't look him up because he doesn't want to kill his friend. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
0: And I imagine this will. uh, My my prediction for how the story of the season is going to go. I bet Louis is going to turn into the bad guy pretty fast.
2: Oh,
1: I Um, hope not. I like Louis, But yeah, maybe. Well, well,
0: an antagonistic character. um, Right. uh, Where Octavio is going to get a bounty on him. And then he just has to chase him. He just has to chase Octavio.
1: I I could see that too. Like he he doesn't want to kill his friend Octavio, but he has to. It, it's what he was born to do.
0: Yeah. So his friends call him up. Uh, it <laughs> a girl with the most spandexed clothes is like, "Hey, we're heading to tacos, right? <laughs> I, everyone dresses this way. I promise."
1: <laughs> we tacoin'?
0: We taco-ing? Uh And. Uh, so, Louis says to Octavio, hey, before we go in there, you should just go around and check on your little phone, uh, all your friends. Do they have bounties? (laughs) Just, just check, because I, I don't want to kill your friends.
1: Check on your little phone.
0: On your little, on your little Game Boy. Check, (laughs) check if your, your, uh, your friends have bounties, because otherwise I, I might kill them. And, uh, what's, what's the girl's name? Um,
1: um. Diamond Danielle.
0: Diamond Danielle. Uh, Louis comments. Oh smart. Don't say a real name because yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um and, and it turns out none of your friends do have bounties, which is unlikely. Yeah, but, that's uh, that
1: seems like yeah. it shouldn't be the case.
0: Yeah, considering who these people are, there's like a, a bombs guy, there's a most of them are thieves. Octavio himself steals a lot but mm-hmm. i guess they're all bounty free maybe it's just not that easy to put, get a bounty on your head i yeah, would assume in, in this universe everyone has a bounty but
1: yeah maybe yeah. in this world stuff like this is like petty stuff maybe none of this matters in the grand scheme of things cuz there's way more dangerous shit out there
0: so you're just eating some hot dogs and all of <laughs> <laughs> or sorry not hot dogs tacos <laughs> i'm thinking forward a little bit to a different moment
1: <laughs> okay i know i i know exactly what we're gonna be talking about then
2: <laughs> yeah uh,
0: when the tD or evasion happens you, you hear it on the radio and then all of a sudden like this ship just crashes uh very nearby and some people come out that work for tD War who look uh like star wars Empire kind of look
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh just very like we are the people who are going to bring order and if you don't join the order i suppose you're an enemy to peace just like that I guess you're
1: going to have to die
0: (laughs) very very arch so they shoot up the the whole city immediately and they're like why are people mad (laughs) why why are people (laughs) fighting back i we're just shooting
1: why are you booing i'm right
0: (laughs) um and and uh that that sort of breaks up the friend group and it has octavio and louis try to get away at one point, uh, they're put in <laughs> they're put into gunpoint by this TDO guy who's definitely going to kill you. And uh, so, how did you deal with this situation?
1: Um. Oh, I, for, I forget. Is the guy that,
0: that stands over you with the gun in the trench in the in the pit? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think he, so. He asked me any last words, and. I had Octavia say, uh, "I wish I had eaten more tacos." And then uh, the soldier says, "Oh yeah, so do I." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I I asked the soldier, "Who are you?" Because I I was gonna get the name so uh, Louis could kill him.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah, and and the soldier just says, "Oh, my name? Uh, I'm Hubert
1: Hotdog. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> So I forget how it came up for me. I think one of the other soldiers, like, said his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I still got Hubert Hotdog.
0: Oh, yeah. My name is Hubert Hotdog. And then immediately a bullet through his head from Louis. Just like, yeah, no, no hesitation whatsoever.
1: <laughs> what? A... So the name Hubert Hotdog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our friend Jeff. Uh-huh. Every now and then he'll, uh, one of his little bits he does is he'll come up with names for new Skylanders. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they're just like ridiculous bullshit and Hubert Hot Dog struck me as one of those.
0: Yeah. I, as unenthused by the Vaultlanders component of this game as I am, I do hope (laughs) that one of the Vaultlanders you can get is Hubert Hot Dog.
1: (laughs) It would be the the crown jewel of my collection.
0: (laughs) Such a, such a good name. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, for for a game that I would say is mostly pretty unfunny, mm-hmm. I I laughed pretty hard at Hubert Hotdog.
0: And the way he says it, too, is it's such a good delivery. Because for me, Octavia's like, okay, fine, but can you at least let me know who you are? I deserve to know the name of the guy who kills me. And the guy is like, oh, me? I'm Hubert Hotdog.
1: Wait, no, he said that for me, too. Oh, okay. I, uh, maybe that's just something he... he asks and says no matter what you pick. Because oh. I chose I chose the taco option, but then he I because I, I remember him saying, I deserve I should know the man of the guy who's gonna kill me.
0: Yeah, this game does continue Tales from the Borderlands tradition of having really good goons.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just
0: really well written goons. Uh some of the some of the great writing in this episode is people like Hubert Hotdog and other TD or people yeah <laughs> I, I wish I picked the taco option now <laughs> just that sounds sounds good
1: yeah he just says oh yeah I wish I ate more tacos too
0: <laughs> yeah he's not gonna die he can <laughs> although it turns out it, the opposite happens and he dies right so I, I oh, bet there's... He w- did wish to eat more tacos
1: there's also the talking gun Brock oh yeah not yeah. not a big fan of this guy, huh? No. <laughs> See, I was thinking it was going to be a thing like, oh, this is going to be our new partner. We're going to have some uh, back and forths between Octavio and Brock the talking gun. But no, he's out of there pretty fast. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm sure he comes back immediately in the next episode.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, not my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Brock works for Tidior and is a gun. So if you there's kind of a clever mechanical thing where if you aim Brock at a TD or guy, they'll say, oh, you want to shoot that? I'll shoot this other thing. And then just makes you miss. Right. Um, but if you aim for something else, like if you aim for the, the mailbox, Brock says, oh, you want to shoot this mailbox, do you? Well, take this. And then he just goes and shoots a TD or guy instead to because he <laughs> thinks you want to shoot the mailbox.
1: Right. Uh, I like that.
0: Yeah, it was it was a fun mechanical thing uh I I don't want him to talk that much
1: <laughs> I d- I didn't think he was the worst but yeah uh you as soon as he starts talking you just know like immediately what this mm-hmm. character is and what their jokes are going to be
0: So that's that's Octavio. What do you think of Octavio's character?
1: Um I like him enough. I f- Me again too. I feel I feel like It kind of does a disservice having so many playable characters because I feel like I don't really get enough time for them to grow on me. But I like Octavio enough.
0: Um, I I think the the back and forth between Octavio and Louis is very strong.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I I like their friendship.
0: Yeah, I don't know if either character on their own would be like that strong, but uh, them together really works for me.
1: I'm also... Curious like how do these two people become friends? They seem mm-hmm. like such unlike uh, an unlikely duo Yeah, I, I feel like there
0: might have been some reference to like Octavio trying to steal something nearby and, and I don't know exactly how it happened, but um, By the way, you have the option to say whether or not Octavio has given up his thieving ways uh, and based on his wanting to be recognized by Forges' thirty under thirty or whatever this universe's version of that, I feel <laughs> like he has.
1: That uh, that's, so I said he has. That's interesting. I think I th- oh man, now I don't remember what I picked, but I think I remember saying he still does because I kind of like the idea of him want having these like dreams of being more famous but still having to resort to this right now
0: Mm. okay yeah i i think that's that's as fair as any other interpretation
1: i yeah i think that kind of says a lot that either or feels like they work for his character
0: so uh they're, they're louis and octavia are running through the street and they eventually meet up with fran so let's go back in time uh because these these are are told like one little chapter at a time person to person non chronologically yeah. uh, let's go to let's go to fran
1: let's go to fran at the at fran's Frogert. fran
0: is my personal favorite character of the three of them
1: yeah i feel like her story feels more grounded i guess like it feels a little more yeah i don't want to say relatable but it's something you can kind of get behind a little more than the other two
0: yeah, because like in the beginning of the episode, you have the narrator guy uh, who Adam told us his name. Uh, I could not yeah, remember, remember. If,
1: if if you paid me.
0: Uh, but the narrator guy says, okay, so you think you know everything about the lore of Borderlands. And he's kind of referencing that, yeah, you know about Reese and Fiona, but those are like big boys. Big, well, not boys. Uh, boy in the way that boy means thing. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah th- there's a- those are big deals in this universe uh like Reese was a Hyperion employee who became the head of Atlas Fiona's this uh like world- class con artist but that became do you know country. about the people who don't matter
1: yeah here are the little people of the world <laughs> very very interesting
0: uh pitch for a story okay do you know <laughs> about the people who don't matter
1: <laughs> Let's check yeah. in on them.
0: It's like, I guess I don't. <laughs> and and Fran is the one that fits that description the most, I reckon.
1: Yeah. L- like, I feel like Octavio's motivation, his what he wants, mm-hmm. is good. I think it's very relatable wanting to be bigger than you are to really make an impression. Sure. But Fran is a character who's, she feels like a real underdog in this world. She's put in a real bad spot
0: yeah so Fran uh, Fran uses like a hover wheelchair and credit to the uh, design of the episode never comes up. Well, it comes up like one time in a dialogue that kind of doesn't matter but mm-hmm. um, y- you don't get the sense that she was uh, wounded from some backstory of the lore of like a, a war or that she can't do anything because of this or that she specifically can do a lot of stuff because of this. She is just a character in a wheelchair, not yeah. a wheelchair, hover chair.
1: Right, it's it's just what is happening with the with this character.
0: Yeah, this is not her character. Her character yeah. is the fact that she's got this little alarm clock thing that she has to keep on her person at all times. Uh, that monitors whenever she gets really angry because she has like an anger management issue.
1: Yeah, sponsor bot.
0: Yeah, and sponsor bot keeps telling her like it's been ninety days since your last outburst, <laughs> which, which would uh make me very angry <laughs> very fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you can choose to have Fran play it cool, or you can make her uh. Lose," said Cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so her whole deal is just running a frozen yogurt shop, which is great. Um, she her her shop was destroyed during the last war, and like there's a giant hole in the wall, rubble everywhere. Um, the machines are broken a lot of the time. It's the ground's all scuffed up, but there was a laser, a giant laser that was pointed at the store and uh her whole arc in this episode is that she's trying to get an insurance claim Mm -hmm. which is is hilarious because if you're looking at this like yeah the insurance should pay for this it's (laughs) half of the wall is gone
1: right but in a world like borderlands where maybe this happens Mm -hmm. more often than not this is not a surefire thing to get this
0: yeah and also in in the meantime of her waiting for the insurance adjuster to come by and, and look at things She's got, she's just got like the weirdest um, set of customers.
1: Yeah, there's the one at the beginning who's like super into it. Like this frozen yogurt is her life.
0: Yeah, I liked oh, that. I scene. loved her. She was so good.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh,
0: yeah, she's like, can, can I get the the peanut butter, whatever? And Fran's like, yeah, sure. And every step along the way of you pouring the yogurt into the cup putting some toppings on it you see her at the the uh, the customer at the register and they're they're just like they can't even contain themselves <laughs> <They are laughs> i can't exploding. wait for this yeah that that that's a that's a contender for weekly guy for me i'll, I'll just say ahead of time just great great character yeah you this, for no seconds
1: this whole i i never once thought about like how a frozen yogurt place in this world could bring someone so much joy.
0: Yeah, and it's not like... This is the one aspect of the Borderlands world that is not different at all (laughs) from the real world. right? Uh, Like, there's no Borderlands... This isn't a Borderlands frozen yogurt restaurant. It's just a frozen yogurt restaurant.
1: Yeah, that's been placed into this world. Uh, Yeah, I, I think that really helps... Fran's character and this whole part of the story, just having it be so grounded, it's a different angle that we haven't seen—at least we haven't seen—in this world mm-hmm. yet.
0: Yeah, uh, and then there's there's like there's a ruffian who comes in, uh, like a goth ruffian.
1: Uh, yeah, named Hank. He's addicted to this yogurt, and he wants it for free. <laughs> yeah, he he like
0: he he uh, he says. You need to pay up for my protection. And Fran brings up the fact that there's a giant hole in the wall and he did not protect. Uh, so the deal should be off. But he's intent on getting that protection. <laughs> uh, money. But it's it's not it, it's revealed it's, it's not money he wants. He just wants some yogurt.
1: He wants a lifetime supply of all the yogurt he wants.
0: Which is a lot because he's got a sweet tooth.
1: Yeah, he says I need a twenty four seven sugar high. <laughs> uh,
0: but but so mean. He's just such a mean person.
1: <laughs> he's yeah. He he's the biggest asshole in the world, and all he wants is yogurt. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, and he he insults Fran a lot. But again, credit to the episode. Uh, all the insulting is like you're old.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know a, a, a lesser composed writer might immediately jump to the uh, disability and they don't do that so right kudos to you but also like she doesn't look that old
1: no she looks like maybe 40s
0: yeah it could be like early 50s maybe i don't know yeah maybe but she's not 60
1: yeah she's it, not she's not a grandma
0: yeah in a world that is this rugged owning your own frozen yogurt restaurant it's not like you're not the president of anything, but no one is. You're you're good. Yeah, it's your own resp- You own it. It's a business. That's fine. <laughs> it, you can be old. That's fair. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Be old. I'm not. You've looking... earned it. Uh, <laughs> so you, you you can choose how to fight Frank or Hank, not Frank. Uh, and you're what combining do you, what do you do with, Fran and Hank. What do you do with Hank?
1: I froze him but I did not shatter the boy.
0: Okay, I did the same thing. So you, you can uh y- your hover chair's got a bunch of gadgets on
1: it. One of them just freezes people. Alright. Yeah. That that <laughs> seems like the big one because she also uses it on the uh the yogurt.
0: Yeah, she freezes the yogurt to make it like uh colder, of course, but also like harder and crunchier and it, it glistens more in the light. Mm-hmm. Makes it look like diamonds. That's, That's cool. what you need. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. Uh, you you have the option to shatter Hank into a brilliant pieces, a brilliant, a
1: brilliant pieces,
0: <laughs> or just leave him frozen in your 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 uh, your back room. So I I was thinking of what I know of Fran. Uh, she's trying to not be angry all the time but she was provoked here she's going to almost kill him but the, the the I feel like the freezing of this gentleman is certainly enough to get that anger out of her system I'm not gonna make her just needlessly a murderer
1: right exactly it, it feels like she's kind of on the edge it feels like I I would be within my rights to kill this guy I think mm-hmm. he I probably should but I'm not going to I'm gonna exercise restraint.
0: So then later the insurance adjuster from T comes down. Reba Fulfolia.
1: <laughs> what a name. And she's a she's a real piece of work.
0: Yeah, holy crap, this character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like like at least her the point is she's supposed to be like the absolute worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So the 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 this character design <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even have a comparison. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta just Google this person and maybe turn uh, safe search on.
1: <laughs> she's she's very over the top.
0: She, yeah, uh, she's <laughs> she's wearing this uh, extremely tight spandex suit, um, <laughs> and and has the proportions of yeah like we we've talked about it already just ridiculous just <laughs> the the most the most absolutely ridiculous character design i've ever seen uh, her hair and,
1: goes up like a foot into the air
0: yeah she's got like sort of a beehive kind of thing uh um, yeah and every <laughs> she she like sort of y- y- you have the option to go around the store and you control the character here and just, like, point at things in the story and show them to Reba. Um, yeah. And, and explain, like, okay, here's some damage from the thing. And every time that Reba walks around, she does, like, little squeaks because all of her <laughs> spandex just sort of... <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. Um, I w- <laughs> Ridiculous character. Most ridiculous character for sure. Um, MRC. Yeah. She wins. She wins the MRC.
1: <laughs> most. Ri- I'll say this most ridiculous character, but in a way that works. It doesn't feel like it's too ridiculous for this. For
2: for
0: Borderlands, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, sure. But also, we just played five episodes of Borderlands. Nothing like this has happened, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you can depending on what you do not get your insurance claim, but I got it.
1: I also got it. I was surprised to see that you can just... Like, when it said you got it, I just assumed that was like a major part of the story that mm-hmm. had to happen. But no, I, I, I don't know what would happen to make it so you don't get it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the screenshots I took of the choices uh, at the end of the episode. It says, you and 55% of players were granted your insurance claim. Now, I've long since... Not paid attention to these percentage numbers. <laughs> I hate them <laughs> uh, for for reasons that we've gone into. They seem very um, inconsistent and and mostly untrue. But <laughs> considering that this is a new company and it's a, a modern game and uh, it was released very recently on only a couple consoles, I'm I'm willing to uh, believe maybe it's better now.
1: Okay, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad to see you somewhat turn around on it this time.
0: Well, I mean, the next time we go back to a Telltale developed game and see these, I won't think it. I, <laughs> I won't believe it. Because we've seen how wrong they are. Like, right. We, we can't know. We can't even know which direction they're wrong in. So, yeah. Yeah. But this is close to half. So uh, just under half did not get the insurance money.
1: Yeah, that's that's wild. I bet if you kill Hank, it's you don't get it.
0: Well, yeah, because the reason I got the insurance money, it seems, was A, I, I showed Reba all the right stuff, the damages, and she, it seems pretty incontrovertible. Yeah, those are damages the insurance yeah. should pay for it. But also, uh, she goes into the back room, sees frozen Hank, and she's like, whoa, look at you. Because I guess Reba knew Fran in high school. That's their dynamic. Yeah. And Reba was always like a popular mean girl plastic type, and then Fran was the... Uh, Dorky or kid, I guess.
1: Yet, yeah, just the not as popular one.
0: Not as not as popular. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Reba says, "If you're gonna freeze any more creeps, let me know. I want to watch next time." <laughs> yeah. So depending on on what you do to Hank, maybe that changes it. Maybe you can lose the fight to Hank entirely, and he leaves. Yeah. I don't. I don't, that... I
2: don't know.
1: Yeah. I. I. I'm guessing if there's nothing there to impress her, then you don't get it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I bet you could miss showing her damages as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. You can choose when you're done showing her. Uh, in my choices, it said I gave her the full tour. I showed her everything.
0: Yeah, me me too. And uh, I guess that just means you clicked on everything, even the things yeah. that aren't damages.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, she she makes sure
1: to let you know whether or not something is relevant.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I showed Reba like a poster, and she's like, "So is this damaged?" And you go, "No, I just, I just like it." And then Reba goes, "Oh, I, I love being shown things that weren't damaged." (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so then after the insurance claim happens, (laughs) Hank is still in the back room, frozen. Solid. Uh, Octavio and Louis show up at f- uh, the frozen yogurt place, and Fran is upset that Octavio brought a killbot to the place. But uh it seems fine.
1: Yeah, he doesn't kill anyone there yet.
0: Yeah. So I, I was talking with your roommate Adam, who yeah. had also played the first episode of this game.
1: I've heard and, of that guy.
0: And Adam was saying that he got the impression that I did not get, but I wanted to see what you, your impression was. That okay. Fran has a major crush on Octavio.
1: Um, I didn't really get that. I mean, she called him handsome, but I don't think it's like that sort of deal.
0: So there's a she, um, she
1: seemed pretty upset with him about the kill bot. So I didn't really yeah. get those vibes.
0: Yeah. So, so there was a poster on the door of like the employee of the month or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to Reba about it, Fran goes, yeah, he's, he's really hot, right? Um, I did not think that was Octavio. For some reason, that didn't look like Octavio to me. But uh, Adam insists that was Octavio, and I, yeah. I misread the situation. Yeah, it's Octavio because oh, okay, he, he well, works in that there. case, Fran... I do think that Fran has a crush on him. Then,
1: Yep, Fran and Octavio already know each other because Octavio works there.
0: Yeah, but the, I th- I thought that was a different person that like maybe used to work there on the poster because it didn't look like Octavio, and I, I thought the name was different. Um, oh no, but...
1: I I thought it was Octavio.
0: Okay, yeah. I I misread then. That's that's on me.
1: That's okay. It happens to the best of us. You're right,
0: Adam. Fran has a <laughs> has a crush on Octavio, and that's wow. their dynamic.
1: <laughs> that's their whole thing.
0: Yeah. And he's he seems like he's 16 years old. So that's weird.
1: Oh, I kind of got the impression he was early 20s. I mean,
0: I, and that's not that different. <laughs> I guess it's kind of different,
1: yeah, I mean that makes you an adult,
0: <laughs> yeah 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 it it's legal, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly,
0: uh, yeah, but it's still still weird, <laughs> so then some t guys show up at the uh at the uh the frozen yogurt place, and they have some great dialogue as well, yeah, I uh,
1: didn't write any of it down, but I remembered it being good
0: yeah uh uh, um the (laughs) uh the first thing they say is just to get on your knees and then for whatever reason like all three people at the store like can't that doesn't apply to them
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) because because uh fran's in her chair and uh louis is already on his knees
0: (laughs) yeah fran's in her chair and they say get on your knees and she's like no no (laughs) and then they they say it to louis who's on his knees because he's like fixing uh he's working on the the yogurt machine and And louis goes uh yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what this this episode does have some good jokes
0: oh yeah it's got great jokes for sure I, i would i would never say it doesn't i i think that um it it's very inconsistent from, from section yeah. to section. And I, I, uh, I hope that the later episodes, well, I guess they, there's no reason for them to, I was going to say, I hope the later episodes get better and better at that, but because they were all released at once, they don't have that advantage. They they no longer yeah. have the, uh, the advantage that some telltale games have where they, uh, if they don't have their footing at first, they find it later.
1: Yeah. uh, But, oh, well, maybe, maybe they still will.
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, I w- I would like to believe that's the case, but I bet yeah. all of these episodes were uh worked on at the same time. Yeah. So, uh, they try, they tr- the the um the the TV or goons try to shoot up the place, but their guns don't work, and they realize that the guns are programmed to only shoot things. That the T.D.R. Corporation once dead, and because the T.D.R. Corporation owes Fran a lot of money for uh, the, the insurance claim, they they can't shoot her. So, that's, that's an interesting wrinkle.
1: Oh, no, I don't think that's why they couldn't shoot her. They couldn't shoot her because uh, her frozen yogurt machine is uh, T.D.R. property, and she's still paying for that.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, it, it's it's all part of it because, uh, like, like there's 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 a transaction going on here. The TDR, yeah, TDR insured them, and there's a claim going on, and the the uh the machines are being paid for to TDR. So, like, it yeah, the, the she's it's, just,
1: it's this whole situation.
0: It would be financially, although probably just a drop in the bucket for TDR, uh, financially bad for Fran to die.
1: Right, but they want that drop.
0: Yeah, they 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 want that business. They want to keep in business because that's all that matters—just the bottom line. Yeah, if you if that drops even a penny, someone's dying for it. <laughs> that's yeah. that's Borderlands. That's what Borderlands Basically. is. I I guess yeah, Borderlands has to be that in order for what Reese went through to make sense.
1: Yeah, I, I still don't like it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so someone, someone named Coldwell, who I guess is the president of Titor, shows yep. up in a hologram because she's like, "Why aren't these people dying?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the the goons explain that the guns can't work. And then Coldwell sees Fran, and uh, d- does Coldwell know Fran? Um, it it seems similar to like the Reba situation, where like, oh, maybe they have some history, but I don't know.
1: I don't think. I don't think I got the impression that they had history, but she just sees her and, see, and says, Oh, you're one of these types of people. One of the low lives. One of <laughs> yeah, the poor. One of the
0: frozen yogurt types.
1: <laughs> one of the unimportants. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, and uh, she, Cold, Coldwell goes on this uh, tangent about frozen yogurt and how it's like, it's just like ice cream, but. In a way, objectively worse. It it's less tasty, and the texture is just a little worse than ice cream. But you know, pe- sometimes people just have taste. But I think we can agree some things like people are objectively worse than others, and that's kind of like this whole—that's Fran's whole theme. That yeah. Fran's section of the story, um, the world's just telling her she's just worse than other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, harsh yeah harsh and and from that they realize they can still drop the grenades and and blow up the store and that's the end of the episode i do want to say coldwell's little monologue about frozen yogurt being objectively worse than ice cream a i agree with it (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: finally a character i can get behind well but b
2: i
0: maybe this is a heavy accusation so i i'm i'm uh
1: I'm nervous about saying this. Walk on eggshells, Mitchell.
0: I think it was lifted from the Good Place. Really? Yeah, because in the Good Place, there's a there's an afterlife where if have you seen any of the Good Place? I have not. I, I strongly recommend. It. I think you'd like it. Uh, the, the, there, it takes place in the afterlife, the Good Place, and there's this frozen yogurt store, and uh, the the angel who's sort of in charge of this afterlife named michael uh says frozen yogurt it's i i love it it's such a uniquely human thing to do take something that you love and make it just a little bit worse so you feel less guilty (laughs) and uh like it, it different it's a different uh take on it that coldwell has but it it feels i i think that idea is 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 pretty strongly borrowed from uh from the good place
1: Ooh, someone's got some explaining to do. Someone's got some Uh, Mm explaining. And then the episode
0: ends with the frozen yogurt shop exploding. Yeah. Yeah, so Louis and Octavio and Fran are inside, and Anu, like, just got there. She's right outside and then sees it exploding. That's the episode.
1: Yeah, um, you know what? I will say, even though it's not, like, a super strong episode, um... Talking about it all, again, here with you, does make me remember the stuff I did enjoy about it more. When I first finished it and I was uh, talking with Adam the other day, I was like, oh yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was very good. But I, I'm remembering the stuff I did like about it, and yes, there are some very bad things about it that I don't like. Yeah, I I, I don't think I hated this episode.
0: No, I mean, like, I definitely have a worse time playing through CSI yeah uh than than something like this, but it actually reminded me a lot of csi of I know this formula, but it f- feels different for some reason like csi is the uh um it is the salmon Max era telltale formula, but used in in a way that doesn't feel like the purpose of it is for the same purpose as other telltale games and this right. kind of feels like the Walking Dead formula, but, but again, the purpose of how it's being used and the sensibilities with which it's being used feel very different. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, uh, I think a lot of Telltale episodes felt somewhat contained in their scope. And in this one, just as a comparison, most Telltale episodes give you like six major choices at the end. This one gives you six major choices per character.
1: Right. Yeah. How do you feel about that? It's too many.
0: Uh, I mean, I, it, <laughs> too it's, many it's choices. It's good that it, it, these all these micro decisions seem to matter. But I'm looking through. Uh, okay, so like I'm just looking at France. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and 92% of players kept the sponsor bot whole. Uh, so we didn't kill sponsor bot. Right. Uh 21% of players attacked Hank first. Uh, 64% of players let Hank chill. Literally. Thirty-two percent of players gave Reba a complete tour. Fifty-five percent of players were granted our insurance claim, and ninety-two percent of players let Reba go. And there's so many things in there that make me wonder. Like, wait, I didn't have to let her go. I was, I could have like killed Reba. That that doesn't even <laughs> that doesn't even ring true as a possibility in my head.
1: Yeah, um, maybe. Maybe if she sees you kill Hank, maybe you have the choice to freeze her and keep her in there too.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, and in, in addition to the choices, there's also which Vaultlanders did you get, and um, at at, at the there's like team dynamic scores. So you can have a score for um, Octavio and Franz relationship. That's called Frogurt and Tacos. Right. One for Anu and Octavio's relationship, which is called Sis and Bro, and one for Anu and Fran's relationship. And currently, I have 0% for Anu and Fran. They did not meet, which I, I don't think there's a version of this episode in which they do. It's just uh, this; these numbers are going to grow or shrink episode to episode. Yeah. Uh, um, I've got 33% for Sis and Bro and 50% for Frogurt and Tacos.
1: Oh, that's exactly what I have, too, for both.
0: Oh, so we're, we, there's also one that says under construction, skateboard score.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know what that means. Are we going to be skating? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that could be very fun or very bad. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I I have a, a very soft spot for skating in video games, but uh, this game <laughs> does not strike me as something that has skating in it. so that's interesting
1: yeah um, I do think it's neat that each character has their own choices but I don't think you need like six for each of them Uh, yeah I mean it's it's interesting because I think
0: part of it is probably just the presentation Mm -hmm. because there were at least 18 choices per Walking Dead episodes that like kind of mattered a little bit but then they Um, just pick
1: the big ones
0: yeah, they just showed you the big ones or uh, the, the thematically relevant ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, just being shown this many, especially things that's like, oh, you didn't do this, and then you realize, okay, I hadn't. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the possibility space seems way bigger than a Telltale episode.
1: Yeah, um, it's 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 interesting how. Some of these choices, some of them don't even feel like choices. Like, if you go to Octavio, uh, one of his, for me, is you and 5% of players are obsessed with tacos.
0: Okay, what's mine say for that?
1: Wait, we don't have the same ones. Oh, my goodness.
0: Wait, what? No, 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 okay, so... It, <laughs> we played oh, no, on the we same... Do, we, we do, we do, we do. Okay, okay. Um, me and thirty-seven percent of players have a complicated relationship with tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I a was complicated for the word relationship. obsessed. I should have been looking for the word tacos.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, me and five percent are obsessed with them. That's low. Yeah, you'd think more people would be into tacos.
0: Yeah, only one in twenty are obsessed with tacos. Seems that low. Doesn't seem
1: right. Yeah,
0: unrealistic. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about before we head into our segments?
1: Not particularly. I think that covers it. You know, little nitpicks in the in the writing here and there. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It it had its highs. It had its lows. It had its creamy middles.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll say, um, out of the three main characters, Fran shined the brightest for sh- sure. I um, agree. Although Octavio plus Louie might have shined brighter, but uh I it feels like cheating a little bit. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I I definitely agree with you that I'll say these characters here on Promethea are more interesting than Anu and her whole Atlas. It feels Thousand like percent. every everything on Atlas, nothing about Atlas felt like it was good. Like even Reese <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's where you get the most quippy dialogue. You you have Timmy who sucks. You have <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I one of my lines is from uh, Flong. <laughs> I and I wrote it down not because I liked it, but because it was my least favorite in the whole episode. <laughs> okay, what hit me? Um, shoot, let me find. Oh, so it's after Anu gets fired. And the space station is being attacked by uh, the other guys, the uh, Or. And so it feels like, like, oh, shit's going down. We really got to get out of here. Um, but when you tell her you're fired, she responds with, you got fired? Yikes and a half. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck off. Oh, man. Yeah, it's... Um... It sucks because there is some good dialogue, and it's not like it's a t- complete shit show. It's it's just, boy, they sure do keep the shitty parts to this one character, or yeah, this one and, part.
0: And, and and frankly, the storyline of Anu is probably the one that I am most interested in seeing develop. I want to see this device thing. I want to. See, uh, y- you know, her highfalutin high class mindset applied to Promethea. I think that has some, uh, s- some, some, uh, capability narratively. Mm-hmm. It, but yeah, the, the, just the, the dialogue writing for Anu's section of the episode, uh, especially because it was first, like, we didn't get Octavia walking down the street and then Anu. I think that would have been stronger for sure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because Anu was first, it just like it it made me so nervous for how the episode would pan out.
1: <laughs> At least they got it out of the way early.
0: Well, I mean, it it, it negatively colored the other parts of the episode for sure. Uh, because true, I true. liked the frozen yogurt store stuff so much, but I was still thinking in the back of my head, like, okay, is this good? Because <laughs> the other part was not. Uh, <laughs> huh, interesting. Yeah.
1: Another uh, line that I really didn't like. Um, Also in the Anu section, although no one says it, it's just some of the writing from when you're scanning stuff. Uh, When you scan the safe, it says, uh, where you store your valuables in an, when when you store your valuables in an Atlas safe, you'll never, ever lose them. And if you do, you need to shut up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: what? That doesn't, (laughs) that doesn't even make sense. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which
1: might be the joke on its own, but I, I, I wasn't is. laughing.
0: It's one of those things. It's it's one just of those one things. of those
1: things. You just yeah, there, there's it. clearly
0: very talented writers on this game, yeah. and they, uh, they, they, there were decisions made to have certain sections be different, and y- you know what? That is more interesting than not doing that. So, kudos to that choice. Yeah, we
1: t- we sure talked about it a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and and you know if if uh if it is all just like one writer, very talented at creating different tones in different areas of the game.
2: Yeah,
1: I can agree with that.
0: Yeah. Um. Even at that point, that would just be a choice that you know didn't line up with what we preferred, So.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Hmm. hmm. I say. Yeah, let's let's get into our our segments. You gotta let's get into them segments.
1: You got a choice cut. So it was hard to pick a week a choice cut mm-hmm. because I feel like not a lot of things here. Like there were a lot of choices to make, but because there's so many, I feel like none really made that big an impression on me. It's it's hard for me to even think of like, the choice I made was just what of Reese's shit to send away somewhere, because I like that you have that choice, I guess, and you can get, like, like, I'm I would assume they're all pretty negative reactions from Reese, no matter what you send but I guess I just like the idea of being able to, uh pick something and see in what way it makes Reese sad.
2: Hmm
1: um what about you um
0: so this is a choice i actually didn't make oh and, and that's that's kind of why it's a choice cut there's something listed on the choices at the end of the episode under anu uh you and 47 percent of players did not forge the flaming sword of destiny
1: that never came up. I I didn't know what the fuck they were talking yep, about.
0: Yep, that's got to be my choice cut because there's there's okay. Apparently there's a forging system in in, <laughs> in this game, and I was supposed to make the flaming sword of destiny. When would I have done this? Yeah, when would that have even come up? Is this Vaultlander related? I don't even know. But I have to give my choice cut to it. It's it's too <laughs> too interesting
1: yeah i wonder if maybe it was something you could do with a staple face or something
0: yeah i maybe maybe Uh, i have
1: no idea where it could have come up
0: it's at the end of the list so it makes me think it's a joke (laughs) it it does make me think if anything here is supposed to actually be fake it's that
1: i guess that's true
0: (laughs) uh maybe maybe they got us and just giving me the number forty seven percent. So like, okay, most people did this. <laughs> <laughs> more, more than half made the flaming sword of
1: destiny. People know what the, uh, people were able to do this.
0: Yeah, if I talk to Adam, he's going to be like, "Oh yeah, I love the flaming sword of destiny. <laughs> My
1: <laughs> what, favorite
0: could... sword of the seven that I forged."
1: <laughs> what you guys didn't get the sword of the flaming sword of destiny? Gotta That's be a such... joke, right? It's gotta That's be a such joke. An... <laughs> I, I guess so <laughs> huh. I, I guess I like it more
0: <laughs> uh, if but... it's not it's my choice cut
1: okay but if it is then whatever
0: yeah I, I I don't I look at that and I don't feel bad I didn't get it I feel impressed yeah <laughs> <laughs> that it could possibly happen
1: right. Mitchell, who would you say is your weekly guy this week? Hubert we hot got, dog. We, <laughs> mine is also Hubert hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say there's uh there are a ton of characters to the point where I wrote down in my notes. I was like, this is maybe getting a little crowded.
2: Yeah. But I don't like...
1: <laughs> I don't remember if we had I don't think we had like this many characters in the first episode. A lot of shit happened in the first episode of Tales from the Borderlands. Maybe it did have just as many characters cuz I'm it remembering. Had more. Okay, f- well for some reason it felt maybe it's just because they didn't do as much here like you had all of Octavio's friends who at the end of the, they were there, they helped out, but I don't know, it didn't really do that much. So it felt like there were a lot of characters that didn't feel like they needed to be there well that first
0: episode of old tales you got vasquez reese vaughn yvette uh fiona sasha august bossa nova zero
1: what was the name of the guy who owned the place of curiosities my weekly guy that week oh yeah he never showed up again uh yeah i liked him he was fun
0: yeah he was weird as hell too they were all very weird And and Handsome Jack. That episode had a lot of characters.
1: It did, but I feel like they went out of their way to make them to have them make a good impression. I don't really remember Octavio's friends other than Louis. I I remember them being
0: there. uh, Like five characters that I I sort of was glued to. Yeah. One of them was Hubert Hotdog. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Very close runner-up, Reba Fulfolia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's good. I would say my runner-up is Stapleface. I liked her dynamic.
0: Okay, yeah. (laughs) Glad glad to have some diversity there in the runners-up. But yeah, Hubert Hotdog, running away with the trophy. (laughs) The trophy, it was etched his name in there before it was awarded.
1: Yeah, he makes it look so easy to be a weekly guy. <laughs> he really does.
0: He doesn't do that much. He's got like three lines.
1: <laughs> yeah. Y- y- you know what? Even besides the name, he's just an enjoyable character. Oh, I, I, sh- I wish I had more tacos too. <laughs>
0: um, my golden moment was very, uh, I'm-, I'm very biased here probably, but yeah, just, uh, the, the nowhere said- song.
1: Okay, you said the runner-up was your making the frozen yogurt scene. So I was She wondering was a runner-up too. What, uh, I, w- I was wondering what your favorite would be. So it, it's that one?
0: Uh, well, well, she was a runner-up for Weekly Guy. Um, oh! okay. Losing to Hubert Hotdog. As as was Reba Fulfolia, as was Hank. They were all good <laughs> characters, but Hubert Hotdog got it with a bullet. <laughs> uh, my golden moment was the Knower song. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that I really, that really my...
1: uh, made an impression on you.
0: It was just so surreal. Uh, because I was, like, listening to it in my car earlier that day.
1: And then you were like, wait a minute, am I in my car right now?
0: Um, I must be under the influence. Because I'm not seeing the road. Because I must be in my car right now.
1: <laughs> but then it turned out... No, you were just playing a video game. Yeah. You were thrown for such a loop.
0: God's bait and switch right there. (laughs) Uh, How about you? What's your golden moment?
1: I just liked when you were making that frozen yogurt for the super happy customer. That was great. It was great because in these Borderlands games, it feels very rare when you just get like a genuine moment of someone being happy about something that's just nice.
0: Yeah, and in these in these games, in these episodic adventure games, the adventure of it, like the journey these characters are going to go on, is the thing that really sells the story and sells these characters' dynamics and everything. So mm-hmm. I am excited to see what these three characters do, but I am sad knowing that we are not going to stay at this frozen yogurt so- uh, place for that much longer. I want to just keep making yogurt for people.
1: Yeah, and, and like the way they frame it is... You, you Fran might be the best yogurt frozen yogurt person in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. They frame it like she's extremely good at this and and this girl at the counter, she's losing her shit. She can't wait for this yogurt. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: She, she must be I mean, she looks like an adult, but she has the energy of like an 8-year-old just like oh, I
2: can't <laughs> wait. Give me it.
0: Um
1: yeah, it's it's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and uh I think the idea of being good at it is kind of funny in and of itself. Not that I, I think there's no skill involved, but like, just put some toppings on the thing the machine makes. Yeah, you know? I
1: u- I used to work at a frozen yogurt place. Did I you? used to I used to be in that exact spot.
0: How how uh, how much skill? How much mastery of the craft can you put on it?
1: Um kind of like there's definitely you can tell when a frozen yogurt is a good well-made cup of frozen yogurt
0: based on topping arrangement Or, or like what
1: I would say just like the way you, it's easy to get like a swirl that's just sloppy and mm. not very good. And yeah, the toppings are part of it, just being able to have like an equal distribution. I had some coworkers who were not good at the topping part. Mm. Um, I would consider myself, I would say I was not that bad. I was a pretty good uh, yogurt presenter.
0: A lot of the frozen yogurt places I've been to around here have the toppings uh, in, in a self serve way.
1: Yeah, nowadays I feel like frozen yogurt places, like not just the toppings, but you can get the yogurt yourself. Like they just charge you by the yeah. weight of it. Yeah. Um, I did not work at one of those places. I worked at a place where we had to handle it. Yeah, I,
0: I wonder if... Uh, I haven't been to a frozen yogurt place in years. I wonder if COVID's changed the uh, the self-serve nature of it all.
1: Yeah, that that's interesting. I never thought about that.
0: Uh, yeah, because ice cream's better, so I go there.
1: It is better. I never... Like, I ate the frozen yogurt because we just could. Yeah. It was one of those things where you're not supposed to eat the product, but we all do. We All of us did, like, every day. Oh, sure. And I, <laughs> like, I
0: would be upset if you couldn't at least get some sort of discount. Oh, yeah, we one got... free per week or something.
1: Yeah, we definitely got discounts, but even, like, when we were just working, we would just get, like, the sample cups and just have as much as we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. we weren't supposed to but we didn't get paid very well so none of us cared
0: oh yeah you gotta the money's coming out of the company some way
1: yeah exactly you gotta get get your dues um yeah. but yeah i i liked it i guess i'll <laughs> say um i i went into this hearing very negative things and thinking oh is this just gonna be disaster piece theater and I got some of what I expected, but I'm somewhat happy and pleasantly surprised that I got some stuff I could latch onto here. Yeah, I think
0: I think that our format of the show of like forcing ourselves to go through these, like, will I finish this or won't? It's a decision that's already made for us. Yeah, uh, some and sometimes makes it a little bit worse. Or, <laughs> but I think in this case, it's actually made it better because. Like, like if you're, uh, if you're just hating the writing at the beginning of the episode, you're going to think, "Oh man, am I going to sludge through three, e- five episodes of this?" But that decision for us is made, so I think we're we're mu- much more in the business of looking for the good, which is all over the place in the other two playable characters.
1: Yeah, totally agreed. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know if that sticks around. Maybe things get significantly worse. Maybe things get better. Or maybe they'll just. Maybe just everything with Anu will just suck.
0: Or maybe like each character takes a turn each episode. <laughs>
1: each character, okay. <laughs> you you have to be the shitty one this time. Sorry.
0: <laughs> anu pays Octavio like five bucks. And like, okay, it's your turn.
1: <laughs> Look, can you take it this week? I made a real bad first impression. I gotta get, I gotta get those Anu points up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's
0: so interesting, though, right? Because. In a in a uh episodically released telltale game, they absolutely would hear and act on the feedback about Anu. yeah and here we have no such guarantee.
1: yeah, definitely. so I I guess we just gotta see how it shakes up. I don't even know like is it just the one or two people writing every episode because in past telltale games, even without that monthly uh even without being able to like reflect on the character, you had different writers uh, well I, I said
0: I said uh, Lynn Joyce is the head of writing Doug Libla yeah. is the lead writer but there there's a team of writers there there are okay. many more than those two those are like the, the two leadership positions I saw
1: okay I feel you. Yeah, yeah so maybe it won't be a, a perfectly even experience. maybe there'll be some highs and lows.
0: And we'll share all of those with you, the listener, as we go through the new Tales from the Borderland. That's been episode one, Startup. And until next time, be really nice and then die. We're ending the episode? Yikes and a half.